Welcome to the Closing Time Podcast for the week of May 19th, 2019. I am Joe McGuire along with Abby Bro. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our very special guest in studio today is a senior loan officer for Norcar Mortgage in Glastonbury and the co-founder for Mom Bosses CT, Kelly Turner. Welcome to the Closing Time Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So, hey, Kelly. <laughs> I want to ask you about mortgages. We got all, all kinds of real estate news and mortgage news. Kind of want to get your thoughts on some of this stuff. But right off the top, because I know a few people in the group now, Mom Bosses CT what is that and how can people get in it? Sure. So Mom Bosses CT is a Facebook community. Um, it was started just about a year ago. Um, and it started in a funny conversation between me and Brittany Goyne um, from New England Prestige Realty. We we both uh, brought our children to work with us and um we kind of had a conversation about how many moms are in that position that they're answering the phone while there's a toddler playing on the floor. They're mm. feeding Cheerios. Like my son, I literally would be like stuffing full of Cheerios to keep him <laughs> quiet while I was like on the phone with clients. Um, and we said, you know, I'm sure there's more women in this position. So we started a Facebook group figuring well, we'll invite all the moms that we know who are working. I invited Abby. I invited, you know, a lot of people that I knew and it exploded. Um, to the tune of there's almost 700 members. Wow, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, it's a huge community. And then we started having in-person, um, we call them mama meetups. And they're um, kind of themed uh, networking type events. Um, so we've had one themed on gratitude, one on kicking off the new year, uh, spring into a new you, which is like a health one. Um, and we invite moms to come, you know, get a cup of coffee. They're usually at night after little ones are in bed and network because I think, you know, forever everyone's business networking is the best thing you can do for yourself so it's huge and if you have a little one at home you can't really leave the house often so you're making phone calls but really in person is where it's at exactly and this is like a place where everybody gets it because they're all moms Mm -hmm. yeah and this is actually um kind of a topic that i hear about a lot especially with realtors um you know online people talk about it in person but you know there's different um ways of thinking about it i know realtors even some in our office that actually bring their kid on showings and things like that. For me, I get a little nervous about it because of the safety issues that realtors deal with. You know, not every day you're in a, in a scary situation, but you're putting yourself into a possible scary situation. And for bringing a, a toddler or an infant into someone else's home, I just don't think um, that's right for me. Um, but it's interesting on how people feel about that. So maybe leave a comment on the Facebook, right? I would love to hear what you guys do if you're a mom and you have your baby in tow. Um, also, there are so many stories out there of moms that are actually delivering babies and closing deals at the same time. And I know our broker, Sanam, she was wheeling and dealing um, in the in the delivery room. I was too. Were you too? Yeah, Come on, had, you yeah. guys. That's amazing. When yeah. I had my first daughter, I had her two weeks early, so it was like really unexpected. And I went into labor on the weekend, but it was like Monday morning and I had a closing that day. I had a closing again two days later and I like had deals that were all in process. And I remember like texting Bob, my business partner, and yeah. being like, oh, okay, so surprise. I'm at the hospital a little early. 
and I need you to do these things. And I like literally am in labor. I had my ba- my daughter two hours after I texted him, sending him like, this is your to-do list of things that I need you to wow. do because I'm not going to be in. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, I took a couple phone calls. No big deal. But then I was like, listen, I'll, I'll call you in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> I need a little break here. Yeah. But there were people, I mean, I know Sanam, like our, our broker, she was out uh, at showings two days later. Oh um, I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. You know, you got to get Mom it done. Bosses, it's yes. Yeah. Right. I wow. mean, listen, this is your business. You run it. The, that's what's the beauty of having a, a business like this. You can run it the way you want to run it. For me, the way I wanted to run it is to have time with my family. So I was actually able to step back. Thankfully, I had planned for it. Um, I fully, um, you know, unplugged and was with my son and my husband. And that's what I wanted. But if that's not what you want, then you have that choice. And mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Well, that is a really awesome group. Yeah. And so this mom bosses, it actually, you know, it's stories of what other people are doing and encouraging and you ask questions and you get answers and it's great stuff. Yeah. No, it's it's not an advertising group. It's really a support group. It's really a support group. Yeah. But um, I did find out a couple of vendors that do like printing and I'm going to, you know, hopefully do business with them. You know, so you you don't specifically go on there to advertise, but it's a great way to support each other. Yeah, you network. You network. That's what it's all about. Isn't that what networking's all about? Yeah, duh. Well, that is fantastic. (laughs) Uh, And and the the Facebook page is? Uh, Mom Bosses CT. Okay. Now, uh, we were talking just before we started recording uh, about advertising. I mentioned I was trying to place an ad for the podcast, not even the real estate aspect of our business, Abby, but Mm -hmm. just simply to get the podcast out there and Facebook turned it down. And Kelly, you mentioned on the mortgage end, having a a first-time home buyer seminar, you're getting flagged. I I, I mean, I guess I want it. I could sort of see what they're saying, but I think it's taking it too far and it's a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, they flag pretty much anything you post on Facebook about mortgages at some point gets flagged. Um, what's crazy is for us and Norcom, we send it through like our compliance department. So it's perfectly compliant, but th- their algorithm doesn't always know that. So it flags it and then you have to send descriptions and explanations and you're like, no, this is legit. It's all compliant. I have my equal housing lender little logo on there. Yeah. <laughs> I have all the, the disclaimers on there. And then sometimes you can eventually get it through, but it can take a couple of times before they take your ads well what are they saying um makes it not compliant that you're advertising to a select group that not everyone can see it and this isn't me even sponsoring an ad this is literally posting it on facebook Mm -hmm. um and i don't know if it comes from not everybody has access to facebook and that's why they're fighting it okay but i i post these up around town too are you yeah right so this is you literally posting a picture on facebook Mm -hmm. or you're so not even just paying to boost it correct just a picture interesting just a picture linkedin will do it yeah instagram kind of seems to let me do what i want but oh (laughs) maybe it's the wild wild west still of of social but media it's the same company you know well, right. Fa- yeah right but there's scrutiny on facebook yeah i mean it, they're they're asking mark zuckerberg exactly. questions about facebook in front of congress and not instagram mm-hmm. so i suppose that's where the loophole lies because yeah congress it's, is not really the group for instagram so right oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. within you know within boosting i mean you know i it would ask me what sort of people i'm targeting i'm looking for people who are interested in real estate yeah people interested in home buying i mean that's pretty wide range of people right so i didn't i didn't quite understand i didn't understand their reasoning as to what i was doing wrong in, in targeting people it's like no it's people who like real estate that well you could also just anybody. target people who like to be entertained 
because that's, that's what we where do. That's I should have gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that was my mistake. Right. All right. Well, uh, let's get into some real estate news because the National Association of Realtors uh, had their, their big... Uh, I don't know what you would even call it. They, their, their big call of the year where they basically tackled some of the bigger issues. Uh, one that they really didn't mention was the sales commission lawsuits, those class action suits affecting 1.3 million realtors across the country. Uh, but what they did cover, and equally important, we can get into all of those and then some, uh, ADA website accessibility, which, Kelly, you mentioned uh, is an issue on the mortgage end as well. Uh this is an issue that's increasing. The amount of litigation that we've seen uh, being filed in federal and district court has risen 177% from 2017 to 2018. If you're not ADA compatible, it seems like they're going to find you. Yeah, that sounds totally accurate. Yeah, we, we get hit on it too. Um, Norcom thankfully hasn't, but I know other stories of other companies that have gotten lawsuits brought against them. And I think some of it is like, are there lawyers just out there trolling websites looking to see who's not compliant? Right. Yeah, you sort of get that sense that there's maybe there's some out there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Another big issue they raised, the California Consumer Privacy Act. Now, the CCPA, which is designed to provide protection for individuals' personal information, takes effect January 1st, 2020. The legislation comes on the heels of the European Union's General Data Protection Regulation, which is a similar data privacy law, which went into effect in mid-2018. Wire fraud, another big one, despite uh, NAR's efforts to educate its members. We're seeing major increases in wire uh, wire fraud, stuff like that. 1,100% rise in the number of victims in the real estate industry, almost 2,200% in reported monetary loss. Uh, the monetary loss in the real estate industry is reported by the FBI to be the largest. I've actually started bringing this up in my buyer and um, listing agreement um, consultations. Um, so I have it in my packet. I talk about wire fraud. I actually show pictures of examples of emails that you might get, what they look like. And if you get something like this, delete it, report it. Um, do not interact with it whatsoever because um, this is huge. Yeah, it's big on the. So where does the money get stolen from? somewhere between right the on. mortgage company and the attorney's office right at the end <laughs> um so we see it a lot and we norcom has a lot in place to prevent it but it's it's silly stuff like they will fish people's emails and mm-hmm. um you know send an email from you know a random attorney at gmail.com and a client unsuspectingly opens it sees it wires money so a lot of attorneys now are telling people we will never send wire instructions via email we will only give them to you over the phone uh just to to make it a little bit more secure but i think there's a false sense of security with email with a lot of people mm-hmm. that oh my gmail is secure my hotmail is secure my yahoo is secure it's probably not <laughs> you know it's funny you say that i'm actually seeing a lot more of the literally that warning where you know I, I won't ask you know you to wire fund stuff like that which yeah. is important and again it's one of those things that realtors and, and and mortgage brokers and people across the industry just remind your clients that if somebody's asking them for money and it's not coming directly from you the agent that your client should at least come seek your advice before they wire money or or make any moves for that matter and if you're doing your job properly that should be the case. Well, I, I would imagine the realtor would never ask for money. No, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. So if, if you as the client, if somebody's asking you for money, your first, my my thought, your first call should be to your agent. Like, right. hey, <clears throat> just got an email from a lawyer looking for some money. Yeah. Is that, you didn't mention this and you're like, yeah, that's not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so again, it's important. This is, 
This kind of goes back to one of our, our very main points to doing real estate, and that's being accessible to your clients and being there, including, uh, uh, you know, when you're giving birth. Yeah. To, to literally <laughs> be there to answer their questions yeah. because generally... And protect them. Sure. Yeah. With, we're the experts in, in our in our fields, yeah. and these are people who are paying for and utilizing your expertise. And if you're not there to help them with these sorts of things or answer these questions, this is what you run into. So it's more about educating, I think, as you go. Uh, the fourth main topic that NAR hit in their big Wednesday meeting was Telephone Consumer Protection Act and the Do Not Call lawsuits. Uh, there's a lot of trolling law firms that are out there uh, looking for low-hanging fruit uh, particularly mm-hmm. regards to text messaging to reduce risks here. Always make sure you have written consent from the consumer before you ever text them. Yeah, we uh, take that written consent as part of the application process for mortgages. Oh. So people opt in or opt out of text messages. Um, and I appreciate it. I hate random. I, I don't know. I don't have a lot of friends, I guess. Like when so, when I get a text, I get excited. Like, ooh, someone's texting me. And you like <laughs> open it up and you're like, I got a spam text. What is that? Yeah. Um, so I appreciate it because I try to never spam people. Because that's uh, why people don't answer their phones anymore because yeah. it's just spam. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. All right. Uh, housing market, a bit lackluster in March. Housing starts in April rose by 5.7% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1235000 That's according to the latest data from the U.S. Census Bureau. Now, despite progress in April, the starts are still down 2.5%. Building permits for private homes rose by 0.6%. Completions, meanwhile, dropped 1.4%. The past year has experienced major drops in housing starts. April's numbers show signs the market is slowly turning around, which could bring in more construction due to low inventory and growing home values, though the market is currently struggling to meet an increased demand for housing. Definitely not uh, an influx of homes right now. No. Uh, yeah. Spring market's been sort of a little slow. Oh, I have not to really... develop, I feel like. For as me, far not as inventory so much. is concerned. I mean, I think there's, yeah. there's always buyers. Yes. But there's just not a lot of home. Right, 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 right. And that's still... what you're running into. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah. It's... Yeah, we're seeing that too. There's We have just hordes of pre qualified buyers that they're mm-hmm. making four, five, six offers on houses, losing them in multiple bid situations. Yeah. Um ever expanding where they were looking, right? Like they started in one town and now they're looking in three towns and now they're looking in seven towns. It's it's definitely been slow for inventory. And when something good is on the market, yeah. I'm sure you're seeing it. Yep. Like Gets one minute. Up in a second. And I had a, I had a really awesome week this week with a buyer. Um, they were in a multiple bid situation um, and they couldn't set themselves apart in terms of price. Um, the price was set for them. This is the highest they can go. Um, but what really helps in that situation is creating um, a dialogue and a relationship with the listing agent if you're the buyer's agent. And that's what I did. I reached out to them. Um, I found out what the seller needs and how we can set ourselves apart um, with the other terms of the contract, with timing, um, inspections, things like that. And also just the way that that listing agent wants to do business. Um, and we actually ended up winning Yay. against five other offers. Wow. And ours was not the highest. Isn't that always the best? Yeah. Well, you know, again, I think it, it sort of dispels the myth that it's always about 
the best price. And yeah. it's, that's not how this industry necessarily works. It's what the best deal is. And the best deal doesn't mean the most money. The quote from <laughs> the quote from the listing agent um, from what the, the seller said was, I don't need to be a whore. <laughs> <laughs> So, How interesting. I know. Yeah. Um, even though we weren't the best on price, he felt that our deal was more solid and um, amicable to his needs. Yeah. And you you developed a pretty solid relationship yeah. right off the bat with the listing agent, which is a smart move and very yeah. important. Handwritten notes go a long way. This is somebody you're going to be dealing with for the next 30 to 45 days. Yeah. Sometimes things could get contentious. Mm -hmm. It's good to start off on the right foot. A Agreed. handwritten note. Yeah. Smart. I love them. Smart. <laughs> That's why you go to real estate training. Exactly. Because you learn you learn stuff like Your that. Handwritten notes. Very important. Yeah. Uh, according to Zillow, medium home prices dropped for the first time in seven years. The median listing price, $226,800 in April. That value down 0.1%. Uh, down from March. It's the first month-to-month -month home price decline since February of 2012. Now, despite the monthly decline, home price is still up 6.1%. That's the fourth straight month showing uh, price appreciation. Price declines were driven primarily out in the West, out along the West Coast. Zillow's research team believes prices have peaked in a number of major U.S. cities, including Los Angeles, Philadelphia, Houston, Miami, Boston, San Francisco, Seattle, San Diego, St. Louis, Tampa. Uh, values fell in 32 of the 35 largest housing markets in April and stayed static in two more markets. Riverside, California was the only market that actually saw uh, home values increase month over month. Hmm. Meanwhile, rents continue to grow nationwide, increasing 2.6% to $1,477. That's the sixth consecutive month. Median rent has gone up. If there's a reason to buy, there you go. They're just squeezing you for more and more money. Mortgages grew slightly month over month, reaching as high as 4.1% on a 30-year mortgage and ending the month at 4.06%, up four basis points from April 1st. Where's the market sit right now, Kelly? Yeah, it's been pretty steady. So that's kind of what we're seeing, um, you know, people get really hung up on rate. And as you guys know, in real estate, rate is not the whole story when it comes to mortgages. It's fees, APR, there's so much more um, involved in it. But we're definitely seeing rates kind of staying steady, which um, a lot of times we see them increase in the spring. So the study is great for buyers. Um, the rental piece that you just talked about, that is huge. Uh, right now in Connecticut, the cost to rent um, is more per square foot than the cost to own. So it's actually cheaper to purchase a house. And sometimes that's a hard sell for people like but if i buy a home and when the dishwasher breaks i'm in charge of it just save the 300 dollars a month in rent that you're not paying because yeah. that's how much more expensive it is to rent and buy yourself a new dishwasher a sweet one yeah, yeah. right <laughs> one of those fancy ones with the buttons on the inside oh, on the outside kelly i've asked you about this before but now that you're on the podcast <laughs> i want to get you on the record saying this you know i see so many mortgage commercials for places like rocket where it's like hey one click get a mortgage and I've asked you about this before. I know it's a horrible idea because I've been through the process personally. I've taken plenty of clients through the process. This is more than a point and click situation. Why should people sort of steer away from that? And what exact what what is it that they're doing 
that might be advantageous or what are they trying to sell, I guess? Sure. So things like Rocket Mortgage, that's really just a lead generation tool for a mortgage company. Um, they're not really giving you a mortgage, right? Rocket Mortgage is just taking in your information. There are a few select people who actually can truly get pre-qualified from a program like that. But everybody else is, in essence, filtered out into a normal loan officer, kind of like myself. Um, but the problem with quick pre-qualifications, and um, the realtors that I work with know this about me, is I tend to be very conservative. You can prevent a lot of pain and heartache in the home buying process if a loan officer does a really great prequal upfront because there are a lot of sort of traps in the mortgage process um, income debt liabilities assets where your money's coming from and if if all of those can be addressed before you go make offers on a house you are now not under that time crunch because there is nothing worse which you guys as realtors know than being in the middle of a mortgage of a, of a house transaction I am purchasing a house and I am say four days before commitment and something large comes up like I deposited ten thousand dollars in cash into my bank account and I can't source it it came it was gift money from the last 20 years from my family. <laughs> okay, well, what do I do with that? Yeah. Um, or people will say, you know, one of the big questions in a mortgage application is what's your monthly income? That sounds really straightforward. But the way, you know, if your salary and you can take your $60,000 in income and divide it by 12, that's simple. If you are hourly, if you make overtime, if you make shift differential, if you make a language differential, if you make bonuses, commissions, whatever that is, this now becomes an incredibly complicated calculation. Um, and for things like Rocket and a lot of other kind of quick and easy um, mortgage applications, they're just taking a buyer at their word, right? Yeah, yeah that's what you make a month. Well, that amount that you make a month, if it's lower by $200, that could kick you out of qualification for the house that you already put an offer in at, you've already paid for an inspection, you're already two or three weeks into it. You've already told um, all your friends. All your friends. You've already you've, bought a couch. You've driven your mom and dad <laughs> past it. Yeah. Um, so we try really hard to do as much of that work up front as we possibly can. And that's probably the biggest difference is, uh, and then the other thing is there are hundreds of different loan programs, literally hundreds. And part of the job of a loan officer is to take a look at you and your specific scenario and figure out exactly which loan program fits you best. Not the best loan program, what fits you. Mm -hmm. um, and I think sometimes that's lost a little bit in these sort of quick and easy, you know, wham, bam, now you got a mortgage, thank you, ma'am. Like, you really need somebody to take a look and to say, like, I get that you want to go conventional, but maybe FHA is a better fit for you. And here's all the wonderful reasons why. Um, and that that's what a, a real a real true loan officer does. Yeah. Not only would you get into this situation with Rocket or, the you know, the quick stuff, um, but also just your bank. If you go to your normal bank or your credit union, they may not offer all of the programs um, available to you. And don't you want to have all of the options when it comes to the most important purchase of your life? Yeah. Instead of, I have one loan and you can have it. And you're like, but maybe that's not the loan maybe for me. Not. And they don't know that. No, they don't know that. They and that's, not. you know, for mortgages, that's why I became a loan officer is mm -hmm. I feel like nobody ever teaches you how to get a mortgage. No. Uh, and that's the part of the home buying process that people kind of like, it's like the out of sight, out of mind, like buying house is fun. Going on showings is fun. Going to open houses is fun. Handing somebody your bank statements, your taxes, that's not fun. No. Um, so you really want somebody who you can trust. And the other, you know, the whole banking thing that we talk about a lot in our industry too is when do you buy houses? You do not buy them from 9 to 3.30 Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. You buy them on nights and weekends. And right. your bank is probably not going to be there to tell you, oh, this is the monthly payment on this house. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because there's nothing worse than putting an offer saying, oh, it's $200,000. I can afford this. And then finding out the monthly payments. And again, $200 more than you thought it was going to be. So we can do that. Yeah. We can tell you all those fees and numbers. One of the first sales I ever had, we got to the closing table. The mortgage guy turned to my client and told him what his payment was. Hmm. And my client... I, I, I won't even say what he almost did, but he got pretty upset. And he was like, that's like $220 a month more than you said it was going to be. Uh, and apparently the broker hadn't mentioned all the extras, taxes and mm. everything else that goes. He was just giving him just the base. The base. Well, with the person on oh. Zillow, too, that happens all the time. Someone will be like, oh, I found this house on Zillow. Zillow says the estimated mortgage payment is $800 a month. And I'm like, did you also go look at the little buttons that, that are associated with that mortgage number? That, that has you putting 20% down, having an 800 credit score, having a absolutely unattainable interest rate. Your real payment is $1,300. Yes. And people are like, what? Yeah. Why? Now, wait, wait, real quick. It's funny, though. You you, you say, you know, because it, you should be able to educate people mm-hmm. as to the whole process. But when you try to have a seminar, a free seminar yeah. for people to come yeah. check it out, you get flagged by I Facebook because it's not whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I just want to help. I, I tell this people all the time. Like, I just want to give you information on how to buy a house. I don't even care if you use me. Like, God bless. Find a great loan officer that that you want to work with, but just get the education. That way, you know what you're doing. You know what you can afford. You know what this process should look like, um, because it oftentimes doesn't look like what it should look like. Yeah. Uh, you know, that somebody's really, again, taking a look at all of your information, quantifying values, looking at pay stubs, looking at taxes. That way, they're not like, sure, you're approved. Yeah, and again, that's part of our job, educating people. Um, and But these are things you don't learn in your real estate courses. Um, these are things that you have to rely on either aligning yourself with a professional or um, finding like the broker out there that will educate you um, and, and have trainings on these things like what are closing costs? Mm-hmm. What are the different variables? Because again, um, you know, that's not really my job calculating those numbers but i should have an idea of what those numbers entail and who i can direct them to to get the specific number exactly. <laughs> yeah because nobody likes surprises the closing no table. no especially surprises that are you know thousands or hundreds yeah. more dollars than you expect them to be it's not a surprise i want i once got included in a deal a snowblower and a lawnmower that oh, the client no. thought was going to be a separate side deal yeah where some cash was involved and then found out at the table from his agent that there was a misunderstanding and that she'd basically just thrown the whole thing in as oh. part of the deal. And um, it went from smiles and handshakes to that guy signing his name, throwing his pen and storming out of the room. Wait, No what? one likes to be surprised at the closing. The seller didn't know that. that yes. Oh. Yeah. His that the, the listing agent had included. All of the stuff in the shed no. as uh, included in the home. Closingtimepodcast.com is the website. You can get all this great information that we're sharing uh, and all sorts of great stuff on our website. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Our guest today is Kelly Turner from Norcom Mortgage. Uh, now, the State House of Representatives this week voted overwhelmingly on a bipartisan measure that would make Connecticut a more reliable customer of electricity produced by offshore wind turbines. Polling shows a majority of voters in both parties support renewable energy, especially here in New England. The bill passed on a vote of 134 to 10, which you don't 
You don't see that kind of bipartisan support at anything. No. Uh, Governor Lamont supports uh, the these investments. So this thing is, is quite likely to get signed. Connecticut going towards wind, kind of getting away from oil, probably a really good idea. Good for, for just overall land value. Yeah. Uh, good for the housing market. So that is some, some really fantastic news. Uh, solar panels, obviously another really popular thing. Great benefits. Yeah, we'll be talking about that. We are definitely yep. going to be talking about that. Kelly, you know uh, quite a bit about that. Your husband is a contractor. Yep. so uh, And there's some things about the mortgage and people need to know as far as solar panels sure. are concerned. Yeah, so what people don't realize about solar panels is most solar panels are leased. So when you sign up with a solar panel company, you're usually leasing those panels. The company pays for them. They put them on your roof. Everything sounds great. You decide you want to sell your house. Um, you're paying a monthly lease for that, just like your lease on a car, right? I owe $80 a month. Um, what you have to remember is the person purchasing your house also has to be able to qualify for those solar panels. Mm-hmm. Um, so if their debt to income is really tight, which you don't know as the seller, yeah, <laughs> right? That's not something you're privy to. Um, that it can sometimes be problematic. We occasionally have people who get bumped out of um, qualification over a solar, pa- solar panel lease. I am slightly obnoxious, and when people send me the house that they're going under contract for, I usually like hop on Zillow and Realtor.com immediately and scroll through all the photos. Yeah, I have to. Just to see if I see solar panels. Um, because a lot of buyers don't know that they need to tell me that they have solar panels. They're often not in the contract. Mm-hmm. Nothing says it until the appraiser gets out to the house and says, oh, there's solar panels on this house. Um, now, if you buy them outright, it's less of a big deal, right? Because they transfer with the ownership of the house. So they're on there. It's no big deal. It's I've never leases. seen anyone that's actually bought it outright yet because it takes like, what, 20, 30 years or something like that. Yeah, it's rare to buy them outright yeah. um, because they're very expensive. Mm-hmm. So that's the big thing. And then on the, you know, my husband is a contractor. So we talk, this is our life. We talk about houses all day long. <laughs> um, and his thing with solar panels is he's had to replace roofs on houses with solar panels. The problem with it is, right, you get these solar panels put on your house. The company pays for the installation. A couple years later, you have a leak in your roof. You need to have your roof replaced. They have to take all the solar panels off and then put them back on again. And that can cost like $10,000 that you're not necessarily expecting. And they they look and make sure that the condition of your roof is good. But what does that mean? Are they roofers? So sometimes they're installed on houses where the roof really should have been replaced first. Um, So I would say if you're thinking of solar panels, have a contractor out to your house, have them just do a once over on your roof because you're also adding a lot of weight onto your roof as well. Mm. So you want to have a roof that's in great condition before you're slapping (laughs) a lot of solar panels on top. Yeah. Yeah. As um, a listing agent, when you're selling a house with solar panels, it's good to get in contact with um, the salesperson on the solar panel side the company oh that's a good idea yeah get in touch with them have a relationship see exactly what the buyer would need to qualify and so when you're presenting offers as they come in that's part of you know whether you're going to take the the deal or not you need to know that this person can qualify because it could be an extra you know 20 bucks in addition to like the normal payment you know every month well that's the thing if you put it in the property disclosures like add the lease to the back of the property disclosures so that way the buyers know okay this is and they may see it and be sometimes it's 20 bucks sometimes it's a hundred dollars yeah if i had an extra hundred dollars do what i pay for solar panels i don't really know like yeah. maybe they're good for the environment but um i also could buy like a fancier cell phone i'm not sure and you just want to make sure that people yeah. are prepared for that yeah and you know 
I, I am for solar panels. I feel like we really need to protect our planet. And right now, especially with all this fast fashion, fast, you know, home furnishings, um, there's there's a lot of things that we're doing to damage the environment. And if solar panels are the way to go to help, then, you know, great. You just have to make sure you do it right. Yeah, you're educated. I'm so interested in solar panels, and I have a few friends who have them, and all they ever do is seem to be complaining about them. And oh, interesting. So, yeah, it just makes me wonder. And then I saw, you know, one friend was asking for recommendations, and one of the other friends who's chronically complained about their solar panels jumped on, was like, don't do it, big ah. mistake. I mean, I know it's it's a good thing in yeah. theory. I think, you know, once there's more solar companies, maybe, okay. more people doing it. Maybe that'll drive some of the prices down. Maybe that'll make even buying it outright a, a little bit a, better. A, yeah, a, 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 a more likely possibility because I mean it is so it is so cost prohibitive right now to buy them that you, you're just going to keep running into this problem. And I think that's my biggest. And I know, concern. like in other countries like Canada, they have actual shingles that are solar solar panels. So you actually roof your home with. The solar, solar panel shingles, right. which is That's super really cool. cool. So I've seen like pictures of those. Yeah, they yeah. Look, those look really cool. Yeah, that sounds kind of cooler than the current yeah. situation. I mean, if I had the ability, I would put it in my lawn. Yeah, I, was, I would put it in my lawn. Yeah, I was Canada schooling us on that. I don't That's know. not good. <laughs> um, pool inspections should be an integral part of home inspections and the home buying process. Unfortunately, they're sometimes not included or sort of done as a mere afterthought. I bought a home with a pool. And I didn't really have it inspected. I just sort of took the word of the seller because they seemed like nice people. And they told me that the pool was in great working order. And I would say uh, I've been there since 12, what is that, seven years? Mm -hmm. I've had like five issues in seven years. Oh. Nothing ever too major, but, you know, certainly the upkeep. If I knew more about it, that probably would have been a good idea. Um. Pool inspections. My question Hugely is hugely important. How often do you use that pool? I would use it every day if I would had one. Would you? I, I think like people get pools that's and not think true. it. No, that's not true. It's not true. It's not warm every day. I so I'll tell you honestly. I I I had a friend with a pool growing up. I did not have one. Yeah. And whenever my friend would invite me over, we'd go swimming for like ten minutes. And he mm. was so bored with pools, he'd want to go do other things. And I'd be like, I just want to stay in the pool all day. And so when I finally, finally, as an adult, got a house with a pool, I thought, I'm going to use this thing every day. I clean it every day. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Every day I'm out there scrubbing it like the pool boy. Yeah. It's not fun. You got to treat it. Right. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it, there's a lot that goes into it. I try to teach my, my 15 year old daughter how to do <laughs> maintenance. I can't even she get her to keep it. her yeah. room clean. So I can't rely on her. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. There's a lot that goes into pools. Also, uh, you got to hire reputable pool people. I, I made a mistake at trying to kind of circumvent that as well. Not a good idea. <laughs> don't, don't go cut rate on a pool guy. I don't because... think I've ever sold a home with a pool. I'll tell you what. I've had so many clients over the years tell me straight up, first no things pool. first, yeah. absolutely no pools. And when I called on my home in Wethersfield, the very first thing the listing agent said to me was this. I can have that pool filled in tomorrow if you want me to. And I was like, no, I, I like it. 
Interesting. I, I said to her, I go, why would you say that? Yeah. And she was like, oh, my goodness. Almost every person we've had so far has said, like, pool's got to go. Hmm. Wow. It raises your homeowner's insurance rates, too. It does. Fairly significantly. Um, I took the diving board out first yeah, things first. You get the that bad boy board. out of there. Yeah, get the but slide even, out. You got to have the the fence around it, the lock and gate around it. Mm-hmm. If you don't, your homeowner's insurance company is going to whack you for it. Yeah, no pool for me. I have no interest in a pool. There's, I'll tell you, there there's a lot that goes into it, and I, you know, I just sold a home with a pool. My last sale was 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 exactly that, and we had the pool checked out, mm-hmm. um, and. Now that I know pools really well from having spent seven long, hard summers working on them, I kind of know what I'm looking for. And and so I could sort of tell my client, you know, what what you're looking for and what to expect. And as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to help them open their pool next weekend. Oh, that's awesome. That's the kind of guy I am. (laughs) All right. So if you're looking for a home with a pool, Joe is the guy. Yeah. And I will open your pool, too, for you. Perfect. And I'll show you how to do it. Because I'll tell you, that's another thing. One of the great scams of all time is all that. All those chemicals they want you to put in your pool. Yeah. You only need one. What? You only need one. Salt? I'm not telling you what it is. Oh, you want to find out? You call Joe. You call, call Joe. me. I'll Love take it. good care of you. And you'll, I, I promise you, you'll spend about $150 a year maintaining your pool for the entire summer. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It's all a big scam. Um, <laughs> it's not <racket>. everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, May, you may, I don't know if you guys know this or not, May is Deck Safety Month. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Makes sense. Obviously, big holiday mm-hmm. where where it's People usually on celebrated decks. on decks. Yep. Um, I was on one last night, actually. Were you really? It was, it was a beautiful day. Yeah, it's uh, great. Great. And then it rained this morning. Yeah. <laughs> now, big question: When do you replace a deck? Mm-hmm. And that's something people, I think, struggle with. Sometimes you'll take a client out and they'll see a rinkety deck and they're like, "I'm going to need this whole thing replaced." And you're like, "Well, we're not getting this house because mm-hmm. that's that's a tough one." Uh, but if you do buy the house. Think about some things like this. 20, a 20-year-old 20 deck. Think about a deck that's been around for 20 years. That thing's seen 20 years of weather. Mm-hmm. If it looks like it's in rough shape, it's probably in rough shape. <laughs> Maintenance is important. I learned that about chimneys, too. Oh, yeah. My goodness. You know, here's the thing. Here's what I find. If you take care of problems before they become big problems, the solution is generally inexpensive yeah it's when you wait until literally things are collapsing and falling off that's when you generally are going to have to pay a lot more money not only that but then perhaps take a a lesser um offer as well because people are going to think that other things are wrong with your home too you know if if major things like decks and chimneys aren't kept up they may also think that there are other underlying issues that could be in disrepair well sure i mean when you go to a house and and the, the front walkway is a disaster. Sinkholes. You know what you're about to see. <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, you're like, okay, this house has been lived in. Yeah. Pretty hard. Let's go take a look. And mm-hmm. and I would say typically the outside of the home is reflective of the inside of the home. Yeah. If your back deck looked like it's hanging on by a thread, I would be concerned that maybe the rest of the house isn't in tip-top shape as well. Mm-hmm. And I tend to find that is... Uh, definitely the situation. Also, I think if you're going to list your home, because I've I've shown homes before where the listing agent will say things like, we're having this deck torn down in a couple of weeks. 
And I'm like, well, should we be out on it then? <laughs> or... Steps to the right. I don't, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I'm comfortable with that. What do you mean you're tearing it now? What's wrong with it now? Yeah. Probably do that work beforehand anyway. Yeah, most definitely. And that's what I would do. Yep. Because... Just get it done. Yeah. I mean, you're also decreasing the value of the house. Mm-hmm. By taking the deck off. And the deck can be a problem yeah. in the mortgage process. Oh, yeah. So decks are can be a health and safety issue. Um, FHA mortgages, if there's peeling paint on your deck, if there is missing <laughs> steps, railings, all of this seems like why would that be missing on a deck? Happens all the time. That can be flagged by an appraiser and then the seller may have to pay to fix it. So just fix that ahead of time. Yeah. How, how often have you seen peeling paint on outside structures getting flagged by appraisers. All the time. <laughs> Have you seen it more recently? Um, I would actually say yes, because I okay. think things, uh, weather and whatnot, things have been peeling more recently. It's not all mortgages. It does depend on the age of the house, the age of the structure. What they're really, the big concern with peeling paint is lead, um, especially here in Connecticut, is if the paint was lead-based and if it's peeling, it becomes a, a health and safety issue. Um, if it's just if if the house was built in 1990 and the paint is peeling, then it's probably just ugly, not a health mm, problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we do see it, and it's something that you know, I always say to buyers who are especially with FHA mortgages, it's a problem with those. If you're out buying, if you see if you're outside of a house and you see all the paint peeling off, you need to say something, right? Because mm. this is going to be a problem. And I think people do the like, let's wait and see. Like maybe it won't get flagged. No, the whole outside of the house is peeling off. <laughs> It's going to yeah. be a problem. I'm glad you're scolding people, Kelly, because in January I was outside in a light sprinkle painting an outside structure with my client so we could close <laughs> right. two days later. Yeah, yeah it's a good idea. Just, Again, right? As soon as you see it, just, just fix it. Do it. Yeah. Or if you know that's the case and you don't want to fix it, um, you know, you have to put it in the listing that you're not going to accept FHA loans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, you know, or, or I had a, a client that was buying a house that was missing two steps on stairs of an outside deck, like the actual like stairboard was missing. Mm -hmm. And the seller was like, yeah, I'm not replacing that. I'm like, dude, go to Home Depot, buy two pieces of pressure treated wood that way it's safe in the elements and nail it on to your stair like you're going to blow up a whole deal over like ten dollars worth of wood yeah. this doesn't even make sense to me this is where realtors step railings in railings always get me too <laughs> if the railing and and again if this is i i've taken buyers to homes where you know the railing is rinkety and there's a big wide opening and that's a big no-no mm -hmm. fha is gonna flag that every time mm -hmm. but my other thought is is to the seller your kids walk down those stairs. Yeah. You know those aren't safe. Do something. You could put a couple of... Yeah. Or the front set. steps. Front steps without a railing. If Usually, if a, if a front steps are higher than two steps, they should have a railing. And you'll have people with like, you know, maybe like a raised ranch with like six steps up to the front door with no railing. And you're like, would you be bringing grandma up on those steps? Mm -hmm. Like, no, there's nothing for her to hold on to. Put a railing up. And again, it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to go spend $10,000 like... Just huck up some pieces of wood with a railing. Our grandma comes to the garage. Oh, see? It's safer. <laughs> How many times have you shown a client a home and they're like, oh, grandma would have to go through the garage? Yeah. I've had that happen. Yeah, and it's because yep. there's not a railing on the front door. Yep. Right. And those people aren't going FHA. No. Yep. 
Kelly, why don't you plug your husband's business? I was going to mention carpenters and, and people you could call <laughs> if you have uh, outside things that need to be fixed, including decks. Sure. My husband is Corey Turner from uh, Corey Turner Home Improvement LLC out of Glastonbury, Connecticut. Uh, he works all over Connecticut, but mainly in kind of Harford County. Uh, and he does everything. Roofing, siding, windows, decks, doors, kitchens, bathrooms, pretty much the whole gamut. Um, he's been his company's been in business since 1955 so many years of uh experience and um yeah they pretty much do it all um so if you're interested it's 860-633-1400 we'll throw the number up too up on the uh, on the website and uh, on our socials and stuff yeah so i i literally we talk about houses all day and now i'm at the point in my judgy life where i like i'm like those people need to have their roofs replaced i wonder if they know that they're losing shingles and i'm like i can't believe at this like never if you'd (laughs) asked me 20 years ago would i be judging people's roofs Mm -hmm. i i do Kelly, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. Really appreciate it. You brought a lot of great insight. You know, I, again, I think in a lot of ways, I, I, when it comes to the real estate industry, I don't think how mortgage people are affected by it or even their point of views because uh, I don't know why. He doesn't really ever <laughs> think about it. And, you know, you said something earlier, too, as far as because I've been asked about taking, you know, whether I'd have to take my son on a, on a showing or not. And yeah. you were talking about uh, the safety factor. And, yeah. you know, I mean, sadly, as a man, it's not even something that I, I had ever even considered. I'm thinking what a pain this kid could be sometimes if I bring him out on a showing and, you know, you're you're coming at it from a completely different angle. Yeah. And I mean, listen, not only they're so unpredictable, they can do anything at any moment. You know, yeah, kids are crazy, but then other people are crazy too. And you know, anything could happen. People come to the front door during showings, just be like, oh, can I get in too? No, sir, you have to make an appointment and you have to give me a pre-approval letter. Yes. I'm not letting you in, you know. Um, so there are so many things that go through the, my mind during a showing. And the last thing I need to worry about is if my kid's going to poop his pants. <laughs> yeah, right on. Yeah. Uh, Kelly Turner from Norcom Mortgage, also Mom Bosses CT. Make sure you check them out on Facebook. Kelly, we got all your info up too on the page. Perfect. If people are looking for, you're one of my favorite mortgage people. Uh, thank you. Thank You've been you. fantastic. And and you know, I ask you a lot of stupid questions because I don't know a ton about mortgages, and you do. I do. And I really appreciate that. Oh no problem. And thank you guys for having me. It was fun. Thank it you. It is our absolute pleasure. Uh, ClosingTimePodcast.com is our website. If you're looking for real estate services, including uh, drones and listing videos, home video tours, branding videos, and more, uh, we could provide you with that and so much more. Get all the latest news and information in the real estate world at ClosingTimePodcast.com. Again, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook. For Abby Bro, I'm Joe McGuire. Thanks for listening to the Closing Time Podcast.